that's loud. <laughs> I'm Reg Clay. <laughs> and Norman G. All right, this is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. You know, I shouldn't even complain about the sound because I could just fade it out post. But oh, whatever. really? Yeah, fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you do everything. And the person you hear is a fantastic actor, Alan Coyne. Oh, thank you. Actor, uh, I think you're a writer as well, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, I have been dabbling in that. Yeah, and we've been um, talking a lot about um, Musical Cafe and Piano Fight, and uh, I think your group is still in the running for winning $5,000. No, sadly, we did not win the $5,000. Okay. But, uh, but, but you, your run was a long run, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we got to the finals, which was more than I had hoped for. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what piece, what piece was this? This is a short-lived competition that Piano Fight puts on. I think they do it every year. Oh. Almost uh-huh. every year. Um yeah. And they have a $5,000 prize at the end of it. Uh, yeah. It's 36 plays this year um, in six rounds. And then the winners of each round went on to the finals. And we actually sure. had a couple of wild cards. These yeah, are like short one-act plays. Is that right? Yeah, about 10 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. Full Steam Ahead was in it, which I was shocked. I was like, what? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to direct a version of it through Playground. And I was like, oh, I didn't even huh. hear what is happening. I'm like, huh. oh, I, I guess the writer owns that. The director is just... The guy that directed it last time. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, and that's wonderful. I mean, I'm really happy. I mean, I really, this year is the first year that I've ever even heard of Piano Fight, and it sounds like Piano oh. Fight is sponsoring so many There's a lot going on. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Fault so Lines, the resident company in there. Um, they do the, they're doing it right now. They've got their pint size going on every Monday night mm-hmm. uh, this month. Yeah. Yeah, they're like the uh, the new darkroom or the up- upgraded mm-hmm. darkroom. Right, room. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Much so. Shots SF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Alan, I know you from you and I were on stage for Skin of Our Teeth, and uh, there's a poster right oh, there. Nice. I oh, look at the mammoth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, woolly mammoth. And uh, I'm trying to think. It just feels like you and I were in something else. I know that we were both in the spring version of the musical cafe. You were in one musical, mm-hmm. and I was in another musical. Did we do? Um, did we do the cage match? Were you in that at all for DMT? Or, uh, no, you know what? It was the stage reading of Charlie's Aunt, the very first Charlie's Aunt 66 ah, stage reading. That's right, that's right, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, I've, do, I've done other cage matches before. Right, cage right. match, for those who don't know, is yet another venue where the DMT sponsors new budding playwrights mm-hmm. and they grab actors, veteran actors, to showcase and, and to do uh, readings for these new budding playwrights. There was one playwright who was a 16, 17 year old girl. Yeah, she's yeah. actually our stage manager for the show I'm doing there now. Yeah, exactly. Sammy. What's her name? Uh, Sammy, and I wish I remembered her last name. I yeah, no, she's name. fantastic. She's she's a, she's a uh, Sammy a Cowan. Cowan. I say. Let me check. Her. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we, yeah, we want to uplift uh, the newer. Yeah, uh, Sammy Cowan is. Yeah. Sure yeah. Remember that name, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. She she she's is amazing. really really an multi talented. Yeah. Yay. So current events. Um, no, let me let me be. Let's do it all the way. How are you doing? How how was your day? How's your week, Norman? My week has been stressful. I've been trying to sell a car. The oh. car is pretty much sold, but then the guy told me he was busy, mm-hmm. so I said take it because we were we were both busy yesterday. So I'm like, here are the keys. It tur- here's weird mm-hmm. weird theater connections. <laughs> so a lady I know is a musical theater director from way back in the day who works a lot in the South Bay. So we're Facebook friends. I see her stuff all the time. She sees my post about mm-hmm. trying to sell this car. She says, I know a young um, you know, teaching artist. He needs a car. He's got to get to the South Bay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, put us in touch. So we did manage to get in touch okay. finally. And he's like, I'm way too busy. 
I can't talk to you till next week. And I'm like, no, I need this paperwork. <laughs> By 5 p.m. yesterday, oh, I need this postmarked in the mail out of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I need to know that this is taken care of. I need the California DMV to yep. not be looking at me anymore because yep. the registration was almost up. Sure. Mm. So we talk. He's really wanting it, but he won't have the money till next week. I'm mm. like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and – we start talking or something that he had written as we were we were communicating through Facebook and then texting. Mm. <laughs> it was just all over the place. Yeah. And something I had said Richmond. And I said, wait a minute. Are you in Richmond? And he says, yeah, I teach a class in Richmond. I said, well, I'm getting ready to go up to Richmond for a lesson, East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. He said, that's who's paying for the class I'm teaching. Hmm. I said, well, then meet me at the center. So in, on his way to his class, as mm-hmm. I was finishing my class, I passed off the keys, oh, we signed wonderful. paperwork, and he took off. That's mm. really convenient. And now we've had no chance to talk. So I'm like, uh, can we <laughs> just check in? You know, I'm, giving, <laughs> I'm selling you an old car. I'd like to tell you just a couple <laughs> of, of things, like for everybody to know. Yeah. If you have an old car, I even do. if it's a four-door, which I've had more than once, because four-doors implies four seats, implies you can just haul people around in it. But when it's an old car, you don't want to do that. I was doing a show out at the Willows in Concord, which tells you how long ago mm-hmm. that was. And five people, four people ask if they can get a ride back. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to Oakland. No problem. We come up that grade towards the, the uh, Caldecott Tunnel. By the time we come through the tunnel, my engine is smoking. By the time we get to the other side, my engine oh is really no. black smoke yeah. is coming out. Blew my engine. Oh, mm. no. So since then, I'm like, I have an old car, and I don't care how much I like you. I'm not carrying four people in my car ever again. Mm-hmm. I will carry, th- counting me, I will carry three people <laughs> under duress. <laughs> but no, I'm not Once doing that anymore. So, Oh, my goodness. It, it reminds me, we were doing, um, I think, The Skin of Our Teeth, and Wayne Rohde was the uh, stage manager. And oh, he bought Wayne. a car, I think, for $1,000, maybe less than $1,000, mm-hmm. and it was, I tell you, <laughs> you talk about <laughs> Oh, smoke. that's right. I remember that car. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. And uh, there was one time, I think it broke down, and he was like, well, yeah. you know, and he was, don't worry, I can fix it. Yeah, he, was he actually did, but I mean, it was wow. like. He took the engine apart in the parking lot of Douglas Morrison Theater. It was Whoa. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were all worried about him. And well, he, yeah. locked, he locked the keys in the car. Oh, yeah. This is during the tech rehearsal uh-huh. where we have to be there, man. Right. It was, it was. It was crazy. I'm trying to make <laughs> he jury rigged it some in some incredible way that I was like, "That's not." We, I got, I got, I got <laughs> to get him on the show. <laughs> actually, he'll be stage managing this uh, falls uh, musical cafe. Oh, brave man! So, so there you go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, Charlottesville. We uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking. You may have heard the uh, earlier a- yay that I did with Terry, Terry Alabata. We were talking about women's issues, um, mm-hmm. makeup, and right. Um, the the sort of, um, what do you call it, um, um, uh, I'm missing the word, um, where you where you, public you, you, you cater to another culture and uh, not yours. Assimilation. That's assimilation. Mm-hmm. Assimilation that some women sometimes have to go through right. to appease men. You know, why mm-hmm. do you wear makeup to whatever. Mm-hmm. While that was going on, this was on Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday morning, Charlottesville was happening mm-hmm. as we were going on. Right. It's pretty sad. I mean, what, what are your well, snapshot thoughts about it? You know, Heather Hayer. Um, yeah, the woman who died. Th- you mentioned the makeup thing, and that was the first thing I noticed, the first photo I saw, all this makeup. And I was like, wow, Norman, judgment <laughs> much? Mm. I just, I felt yeah. bad. Yeah. And, you know, the more I 
like everybody, the more I'm trying to get more information about it and the mm-hmm. more it's going all over the place. I think what's more amazing was in response to that, the people going the next day and pulling down that other statue. Yeah, good for yeah. them. Yeah. And then they arrest the woman and they say they want to arrest the other people. And they all, yeah. So a line of people shows up, over 200 people line up and say, arrest me too, yeah, arrest, me too. arrest me too, arrest me too. Civil disobedience. Yeah. That yeah, was great. Yeah, I love that kind of resistance. That's yeah. Great. Well, I just wonder what does this mean in terms of court? And maybe you can speak to that. But mm-hmm. when all these people show up saying, I was there. Yeah. Right. If you're charging them, charge me too. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you going to do with literally hundreds of people? Because <laughs> you, you're going to have to throw it out because at a certain point, those people are going to be able to say, yeah. well, how many people were actually Unfortunately, what they ended up doing is they, they still uh, uh, charged the nine people that they had warrants for and they let everyone else go. Well, well it's still good to uh, see. Yeah, speaking from the DA's office, what happens is there's a big difference between uh-huh. making an arrest and making a right. charge. Right. Mm. Police departments make arrests. Oh, okay. The DA's office has what they call um, – Oh, uh, uh, juris- um, discretion. Um, uh, some, something discretion, huh? No, no, no I, you would know way better than I yeah. would. <laughs> but basically discretion. We have the discretion to determine whether we want to charge or not. There are right. tons of, you know, cases that we get from the from police departments, and it's like, who in the world, why, why was this person arrested? This is crap. Right. And it gets thrown out. Right. And so it wouldn't surprise me, the civil disobedience thing. I mean, it just reminds me back in the civil rights movement, reading about well, the civil rights movement. That's yeah. exactly what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. The folks, you know, like the sit-in marchers and all of that stuff. Okay, all of you guys are going to go in and into jail. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll be bailed out. A lot of times the char- a lot of times it's a fine. It's like, okay, sure. we'll pay the fine. Right. And a lot of times, even if it's a dollar, civil disobedience people will say, no, we're well, not going to pay. Well, Thoreau. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. that's the, the famous. And I just read last week, I just read a book. It just happened to be reading a book about Thoreau. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was about abol- – he was an abolitionist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, and it, it was weird because he wasn't like a capital A abolitionist. It was his personal belief, his yeah. personal feeling. And he was just <coughs> serious about it. Yeah. And the poor sheriff, <laughs> I mean, at least the way it was portrayed in the version I'm reading, mm-hmm. the guy's like, come on. You know what? Somebody paid it. Just go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we will see. It's, it's, what's funny to me is the re – the re-adjudication or the rediscussing mm-hmm. racism, whatever. I mean, how many of these? Right. How many of these uh, <clears throat> statues have been around mm-hmm. for for years? Right. And you know, we walk by them. I mean, when I, right. when I go back home to D.C., there's Grant Circle, there's Sherman Circle, mm-hmm. there's you know, Crittenden Street, and and whatever. Oh, and okay. you just pass by right. all of these names, and right. no one even thinks about it or whatever. All of a sudden, for whatever reason, something pops up mm-hmm. and becomes a hotbed issue. Like why? Why wasn't this an issue? I'm not saying it should not and be an being, issue. And then it's being questioned across the country. Exactly. Which is, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Discussions we need to have. Well, and the discussions dig into the history. Right. So it's like, yeah. when did these go in? Well, wait a minute. So there are two eras when these monuments got mm-hmm. went in. The first one is the beginning of the 20th century, and the next one is mm-hmm. as the civil rights is starting to heat up. Yep. Yep. So it's like, oh, isn't that interesting? And then crazy things like, isn't there one in Montana or Wyoming yeah, someplace? Yeah, North so. Dakota or somewhere. Yeah. I read where, where there's no relationship whatsoever to the Civil War, but mm-hmm. the daughters of the Confederacy oh, were able to yeah. convince them yeah. that they should have this thing, and they were able <coughs> to get it in. Yeah. The best one I saw, the, somebody posted a link to a 
one that was made for Bedford Forest, the infamous mm-hmm. Bedford Forest, and it was terrible. Like he had this gold horse that looked like nothing on earth, and he himself looked like some sort of lunatic, like <laughs> Tin Man meets Disney meets Warner <laughs> Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, that one should stay up. <laughs> it really does not look good. Well, and that's the other part of the discussion that's mm-hmm. been great is people who are arguing that they should stay, mm-hmm. but they're willing to concede that maybe we should straighten out the history on it. And I'm like. Oh, I want to be – well, the way you straighten it out is you say, well, this is who this historical figure is. This is why this was put up. Mm-hmm. This is how – this is the response to it in our time. So we're going to take it away from the courthouse or the, or yeah. the government building, mm-hmm. and we'll put it in a museum or yep. we'll put it um, – like yep. a, a lot of the original ones were um, memorials, truly memorials, mm-hmm. and they were in cemeteries. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that makes sense. I don't want you to go digging stuff up out of a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, but I don't but the history needs to be told. And it, yeah, yeah, exactly. You the, the publicly displaying them sends the wrong message. It says these are people we venerate. These are people that are that should be staring at the whole time. And yeah, right. So let's have that discussion about exactly. why we should be staring at them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if we can, if we can agree that we all think that, gosh, he's a good guy. Let's leave him <laughs> up. Yeah. So be it. Yep. All he did was declare war on the United States. <laughs> I mean, right, and lose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For for you know for t- to keep slaves so that um, yeah, right yeah, exactly it's right and um, nice but I, but I read an article in the New York Times that there was you know, mentioned that in the turn of the century that's where these statues start popping up there was a company that was marketing selling the yep. statues wow and they were terrible. promoting it right so yeah. it was really a capitalistic thing yeah. well right. it wasn't put up by the UDC the the Daughters of the Confederacy which mm-hmm. was well yeah but they I'm sure they went to the company. they went to the one company who made all the actual right statues, exactly right, yeah. So, you know, mass marketing these statues, whatever. I'm sure they could make a statue of a dog or, or what have right. you. I mean, they, they really didn't care. Someone, uh, another good one said it was uh, take, take down the guys, but leave the horses. Because, you know, what are the horses <laughs> doing? Uh, before that. Oh, that's, that's a funny one. Uh, and we got to laugh, you know, to keep from, I mean, right. this is. This no, is it's not. It's well, it's an important, the most important thing that's come out of it is this reevaluation of history. Right. Yeah. It's just that people aren't really listening to that. A lot of, right. the people on the on the other side of it are just saying it's heritage and this right. other no- nonsense without, I don't know. Well, that's. The knee jerk. Well, well, the worst, the worst thing from all this that I saw this week was this, and I don't even know her name, this crazy black woman who's a Trump. Speaker. Oh, oh I'm a And she went up against Dyson. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Dyson. No, Michael. I know who you're talking about. Michael Dyson. Not Neil Professor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh. Big guy with the glasses. I know who you're talking well, about. Well, and yeah. she was equally big, and but she was loud and crazy. <laughs> and the poor white woman <laughs> running the show was trying to be respectful and doing a really good job of keeping him from talking over her. Yeah. But they could not slow her Omarosa? down. Was that the woman's name? I know. Oh, that's what I came no, up with, but I don't. It doesn't, it doesn't I, I think it's like another one. woman that's talking. Yeah. About. Yeah. But no. Trump finds these. He's got to find, you know, I need a minority. I need a minority right. who will, you know, justify what I'm doing. I'll well, and, and so he got black on her. Professor Dyson good. got black mm. on her. He just was like. Now, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. And it was brilliant because he would hear the person tell him to shut up, but he was in the middle of saying something and yeah. being interrupted. Yeah. So he would finish what he was saying, and then he would relinquish the space. Yeah. And this other woman just kept running. And it was just great to listen to him. like, um, so you would really have to want to believe this woman. Because mm-hmm. even when it got to the, so, Heather Hayer, who mm-hmm. killed her? Mm-hmm. Who killed her? And she said, okay, so somebody died. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. That's and just... he said, a white supremacist, why can't your side say that? Right. Yeah. 
It's funny that, you know, back when Obama was president, they kept criticizing him for not saying radical Islamic terrorism. Right. Yeah. But now they cannot say white supremacy. They cannot yeah. say it. That really reminds me of the debate that Obama had with, um, it was another black dude. Um, it was for the Senate seat just before he became president. Oh. It was uh, they had to oh, bust him in. They they the Republicans were so petrified of. Oh um, yeah, I know this dude's name. It God wasn't Keys, was it? It was no. Alan Keys. Oh, Alan Keys. I was surprised he was still around. They wanted Mike Ditka to run against oh, Obama, God. but Ditka was <laughs> like, course. "No, I don't want to deal with it." Right. Because they wanted to fill the Senate seat. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Someone yeah. Anyway. that they wanted. Right. And they bust Alan Keys in, and the debate that you're talking about, Dyson and this other black conservative, uh-huh. reminded me a lot of Keys. You know, Keys mm-hmm. was talking about your crazy crap. Right. Yeah. He knows the talking points, yeah. but he doesn't know how to think beyond that. Yeah, well, because there's not, there isn't a very good argument. There isn't a logical. I mean, there's no soul behind. I mean, if you're talking about talking points and issues and what do you stand for in the platforms, mm-hmm. if it doesn't support everyone, yeah. I mean, there are certain platforms or or uh, talking points, whatever you want to call it, right. that we believe in because it's part of our core, like right. individuality and freedom. I mean, I understand. You know, there's a discussion about. Uh, I was researching. Um, Freedom of speech, the First mm-hmm. Amendment, mm-hmm. and whether these you know white supremacists who march mm-hmm. the same way they marched in 1925. I mean, right. you know, the pictures of in Washington D.C. the Klan yep. just right. covering the streets yeah, of Washington D.C. Yeah, they keep popping back up. Yeah, exactly. And whether it violates the First Amendment, mm-hmm. where um, who is the um, who is the Supreme Court justice who died? Um, Scalise? Scalia. Oh. Scalia. Yeah. yeah he was one of the ones who wrote the argument, basically saying no. This speech is protected by the First Amendment, so you can say you know yeah. whatever you want to say. Right. So there's no, rec- there's no legal recourse, mm-hmm. and local governments, whether it be UC Berkeley or states or local, mm-hmm. they've had to be very crafty mm-hmm. to deal with you know because what happens is these right these racist groups mm-hmm. will sign a petition saying, listen, we want to march. Right. And <clears throat> we, and you have to respect our right to march. Right. And if you don't, then we'll sue you because you're right. violating right. our First Amendment. And they'll say things like, like let's say a school will say, well, none of a, none of the student body asked you to come. You know, you didn't. Right. You weren't given an invitation. Right. It's a way of skirting around right. the fact we can't n- we can't say no because yeah. of it's it's hateful. Although any university of any size, you'll find someone who will do that. I mean, right. UC Berkeley we'll had that problem yes. with. Well, right, a month ago, I walked mm-hmm. in the middle of that. I, oh, that's yeah, right. You had pictures. That was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. was amazing. And, and video. Well, yeah. and the word that I've seen coming up is extremist. Mm-hmm. Because when we're talking about the rights of First Amendment, you don't have a right to yell fire in a theater. That's always the classic. You know, that's an interesting example. So Oliver Wendell ahead, Holmes yeah. came up with an example, and actually, it's a terrible example because there aren't very many laws. There are no explicit laws about yelling fire in a theater. Right. Um, when the the example, the case that he was talking about. Oh, you. No, I don't uh, know. So the case he was talking about that he used that example mm-hmm. was um, some. Uh, Yiddish speakers who were handing out pamphlets against uh, uh, conscription for World War One. They uh, were anti-war uh-huh. protesters, right. and he likened their actions to yelling fire in a crowded theater. Wow! So that example is a—it's a, a, <coughs> a good analogy, but it was—it was, it was it, I mean, the it way it was used to that particular right, law because right. you can't say anti-war. Pro- I understand, you know, because basically the idea is. If I say something and the direct result mm-hmm. will be right. panic. Inci- or incitement to violence, incitement which to is violence. What, what the white supremacists are doing. Right. I mean, they're arguing for genocide. Right. Like, that's what their argument is. Yeah. Right. So there is no <laughs> equivalence between, like, extremism. Extremism is not necessarily uniformly bad. It's not always good either. But if you're arguing for the killing a bunch of people because of their 
perceived race or their whatever, mm-hmm. like that's just not something we should the be marching around saying. And there was a local um, senator, I think a state senator, a black woman, Democrat, mm-hmm. who basically made a statement that uh, Trump should be assassinated. And yeah, although she, she was Missouri, right. Missouri, yeah, yeah. State Missouri senator. state senator, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, um, you can't. Uh, I. Of course, I will never understand the white supremacist and whatever, but you can't – we talked about this. In mm-hmm. fighting evil, you cannot become evil. You cannot right. use the same right. techniques right. as the well, people who I, you're fighting I, I against. I like the Michelle Obama. You know, when they go low, we go <coughs> high. You, yep. You've got exactly to right. keep some integrity. Right. Exactly. Oh, there, one other thing from that interview I was talking about that I loved was at one point she started to push back on the idea of the claim that he's – uh, that he's a white supremacist, mm-hmm. that our president oh. is a white supremacist. Oh, oh, yeah. And she said, that just came up. Tried to blame it on Hillary. That just Ooh. came up with Hillary, blah, 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 blah. He took her. Yeah, come on now. He just went verse and chapter. All Justice Department, 1980. Yeah, exactly. the whole list. There he just go. kept going like, through. There's so <laughs> many. And, yeah. he, and he brought it all the way up to the election. Yeah. He talked about yeah. all the different versions of the birth He retweeted white supremacists yeah, in exactly. the run-up to the election. Like, now how did Hillary do that? <laughs> right. And, and it was so funny because at that point, all the woman could do was just start sputtering this yeah. insanity yeah. to try and change yeah. the subject. The scariest thing about, well, one of the many, many scary, there are a million things, but he's a eugenicist. He believes in eugenics. Yeah. And he's said that all along. Oh, my and God. It's I, didn't, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. He wow. always talks to us about it, how uh, he has great genes and this and that and the other. Oh, great. And it's from his father who had that sort of, like, racehorse theory of, like, right. you breed people. And it's mm. it's Hitlerism. Like, it's right, right there. You know, uh, because I've seen... That's a new term I haven't heard. Hitlerism. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that way we just get straight to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I'm, I mean, th- yeah. during the campaign, there was this slogan floated out, America first. Right. And yeah. people had said, oh, well, the Nazis used yeah, that. Yeah, make America great again. And I thought yeah. that, that was just coincidence, but maybe no, not. It's totally no, not. It it, his hats were red with white writing. Like, how much more of a signal do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how sad. Yeah, no, that's terrible. We, we can just go on and on. We yeah. can talk about Bannon's firing. That's you know. where I'm reading I'm reading the rise and fall of the Third Reich right now, and it's wow. horrifying. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, all of this <coughs> is happening. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember doing Fear and Misery in the Third Reich, and I love uh, reading about just the Weimar Republic. And how the yeah. Weimar Republic was a democracy, a very right. great democracy. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, like with every young country, young democracy, it had, had money problems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, you Great know, Depression course. hit, and then it was all over. <coughs> right, Depression right. hit, and plus, you know what the what the Germans had owed, you know, the rest of the world. Yeah, right. right. The, the, the repa- was re- up. reparations yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's what Hitler yeah. used to right. undermine. And democracy. it's weird to see it in the United States where. People who are claiming oppression, yeah. the white supremacists who are saying, like, oh, you won't replace us and all that jazz. Um, it's weird hearing them say that when they themselves, for the most part, aren't in as bad a situation as the people. Of you know what I mean? Not. Like, it's, yeah, weird, yeah. it's weird seeing them reach for that, for the language of oppression, for the language right. of yeah. anti-racism, of tolerance, of moral relativism. Like, that's the, the right. stuff they're using, these fake equivalences. And it's yeah. like, that all came to you from the opposite side of the political spectrum so it's really yeah seriously I mean put right. you, put you, you know step in the shoes of a you know migrant worker or you know a, yep. you know Latino or yeah. you know yep. Muslim or you know any one of these guys working at Burger King or, or what have mm-hmm. you because they don't have any other recourse yeah, yeah. well so one thing mm-hmm. that brings us a little closer to home apparently the synagogue in Alameda was attacked oh no I just saw that today, and I was oh like, oh, like and that's the, the weirdest thing to me about this on a personal level is 
I'm feeling like I have to make a list of places I got to go. Yep. Do I have to go to Chrissy Field? Now I got to go to Alameda? Yep. Yeah, I will show up because I want to. I want you to see that mm-hmm. we are not afraid and that we're not going to disappear. And to show exactly the people right. that are being affected that they have allies, that they have right. exactly. a, a critical mass behind them that aren't going right. around. And right. We're not going to get quiet when you get attacked. Exactly. Right, exactly. You know, I don't have to be Jewish to support. Right. You right. know. Right. You don't have to be black to support Black Lives Matter. Right. And what have you. Right. Right. So let's jump to um, how did you how did you get involved in theater? I mean, you, oh goodness, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's 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 our little thing. It's a standard. <laughs> it's a standard question. No, it absolutely exactly. is. And, and it's actually a two part question because one, you guys have talked a l- touched a little bit on how you met. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, also, yeah. Where yeah. where did you get the bug? Um, so I remember it very well. It was third grade. Uh, so I was born in Ireland and I grew up there mm-hmm. until third grade. Um, and I'm going to have you on my other podcast. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yeah, 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 immigrant one. Um, so anyway, uh, in third grade, I did a play called King Canute. I don't know if you know, guys know Mm-mm. who actually some people say Hamlet is vaguely based on. Oh, okay. But um, uh, <coughs> it's, it's kind of tenuous. Anyway, I played as Chancellor, kind of mm-hmm. like Polonius. And, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, how, how old were you? I was eight. Wow. And I remember I had a line about – I. Th- so the King Canute, the story of King Canute, he wants the sea to – to obey his will, he wants to bathe in it. It has to be just right for him. Oh. It's the sea, so you can't really command that. Mm-hmm. About the follies of, the, I don't know, dictatorship maybe. Um, but I was his, count, his, his chancellor, and I had told him that I had told it very nicely to heat itself precisely to 85 degrees or something like that. That was mm-hmm. my line. Uh-huh. And I remember saying it with big gusto, and I remember like everyone looked at me, and like I, I don't know, I just felt alive in that moment. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so suddenly I was listened to. This was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother said I was very audible, so that was a very nice <laughs> my first review. And, um, yeah, so ever since then I was always involved in the school plays and kept doing it. Oh. And, uh, but I sort of, like uh, like I think a lot of actors, never really thought of acting. I went to high school in the South Bay area, in mm-hmm. Cupertino, which is a very tech-heavy community. Yeah. Um, and it never felt there that theater was a thing that people could do for reals. Like professionally, yeah. Um, and so I went to, went to <coughs> college for English, but ended up doing a lot of drama. And then I went to uh, graduate school again for English, and somehow still ended up doing a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just sort of kept doing that. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, when you went to, so it's out. Did you ever go to acting school to learn any technique? And yeah, so I was a drama stuff? minor at Berkeley, so I took all the drama classes there, okay. um, and I learned a lot from that program it's not um it has its flaws that program it doesn't do a very good job of outreach or connecting with the the mm-hmm. theater world of berkeley which is so incredibly rich i mean yeah. there's mm-hmm. a right. million theaters in berkeley um the university is very separate from all that and, right. the, and the theaters themselves are pretty separate from berkeley yeah in a weird i don't understand why way because <coughs> um, i don't know there's a lot of theater companies in berkeley that could draw on the student body i think mm-hmm. yeah did yeah. you study like oh, definitely. like um Specific techniques that you use, let's say Strasberg, Stanislavski. Yeah, it was um, mostly Stanislavski stuff. Um, uh, that's mostly what I remember. They, they, they kind of touched on a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, did some Linklater stuff, but not sure. a lot. Oh yay! Yeah. I'm big Linklater fan. Yeah. Oh, I need an education. What what is Linklater? Is um, it's voice work. Oh, okay. Um, or but physical generally. It's, yeah. it's very physical. Um, my first teacher uh, was one of the people to help bring it to America and. She swore that was all you ever needed. And mm-hmm. you would see her on mm-hmm. these um, little, you can't even call them cameos, these little roles on various TV shows. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she said, that's all you ever need oh. is just to, <laughs> to do that work. But it's so uh-huh. intense. And for me, I had to kind of learn how to distill it down to some yeah, something few usable bits. bits yeah. so that I, because I don't have 
two months mm-hmm. to have people breathe and go, ah, <laughs> yeah. and learn what yeah. their tongue is, yeah. and which is literally what yeah. we did. I feel like that's true of all schools of any kind. Of, like, everyone swears by their – I mean, so I did uh, I did improv for a very long time, and we did oh. a Meisner-based improv. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, people get very into the Meisner technique, uh, which is great and very, very valuable and useful. Mm. Two at a point, mm-hmm. and then at some point you have to go like, I'm going to take a bit of this, a bit of that, <coughs> a bit of the other. But yeah. you really don't want to stick on one because then you end up just doing yeah. that. And right. One thing, crazy. one thing that, and I think I may have touched about this before, but when I went to NYU, we had these like <coughs> there was Circle and Square and Strasburg and ETW mm-hmm. Experimental mm-hmm. Theater Wing and mm-hmm. all of these others. And sometimes if you're young, you may think of these techniques as if it were a cult. Yeah, it's got to be yeah. my well, way. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bogart, Bogart, you know, the people who believe in that are just, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. you almost want to stop talking to them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But especially, like you're saying, when you're young, the first thing you get exposed to at that age is going to make a huge impression. It naturally is, because suddenly your eyes are open, you're like, oh my God, there's a technique for this. There's a... You know, so. and and I think the mistake is, I mean, if it, if it works for you, that's fine. But mm-hmm. realize there are many ways of you know becoming yeah. a great actor. More many than roads, right. many avenues. More than one way to skin a cat. Not right, that exactly. you should be going around skinning cats. But. Well, and the odd thing to me is, like, I'm I'm studying Hamlet, so I'm doing all this historical study. Is really, you know, what are the different styles? What are the things that people do as they're learning that? <coughs> I hope, I would love it if sometime in the next couple of years I could do some Moliere with somebody who actually mm. knew ah. how it works. Because mm-hmm. there's a mechanic to it. There's yeah. a structural something that makes it one of the most brilliant comedies yeah. in Western culture. Curtain Theater is doing The Miser right now up in uh, Mill Valley. Ah. Yeah. I don't even I know the Curtain Theater. Uh, they're, an out, they're a great little theater. Um, uh, Michel Delatre and mm. um, uh, Don Clark run it. Um, and Steve Beecroft, who works a lot there. They're all, all a bunch of people up in Mill well, Valley. And what I find work. is, as as an actor and as a director as well, I get I love getting thrown into something where it's a learning experience as well. Yeah. But I did, I got to do Tartuffe many years ago. Oh, and, um, oh, uh, no, it was horrible. Oh. Sacramento, <laughs> Sacramento Theater Company. And I, I could say that because it was like, it was over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah something, I like that. It just, well, the leads were great. I think our director was just a little young and mm. was not rooted mm-hmm. in yeah. that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were these actors doing things that initially I thought, that's crazy. <coughs> what no, are you doing? You we had to make these yeah. long crosses, entrances yeah. and exits yeah. with these long things. And they would just basically be like a cannon. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, that is weird. we got to yeah. find some other way to do this. No, it's no. not natural. But it puts the play at the pace that it needs to be yeah. at. And it, it's just that whole stylized, because it's so yeah. comedia-based, like it's so... Well, if right you enter, if you're going to enter and hit, like I'm pointing at the hallway, if you're going to go out that door and you're not going to start talking until you hit the stairs, the energy of your entrance is what's going to be the first word Absolutely. out of your mouth. So as we see you flying across the stage, it's not like you're just getting to a place, which, you right. know, what the novice actor would do. Right. I'm trying to get to my spot right. so I can say my line. No, whatever that energy is, I start as part of my entrance so that when I open my mouth, I've already got that going. Totally. It was amazing to learn, yeah. but I only learned it by watching the other actors who knew how to do it. And the rest of us were flailing. <laughs> and so I've always wanted to do, in fact, I almost got cast as Tartuffe a couple of years, oh, more than fun. a couple of years ago. Um, and they're they're doing it at B eight in uh, Walnut.
Walnut Creek. Yeah, in, in uh, uh, yeah, is it Walnut Creek? Con uh, yeah. Concord, Concord. Concord. It's right. Yeah, it's right across. Yeah, yeah. It's almost next to Bard. I, I want to work Boulevard. with him. Yeah. I like. I that's where I went to the reading. Uh, ah. B8 with I took mm -hmm. a, I did a um, an intensive theater intensive for teens, and we took them there to see oh, one of their good. readings. Oh, that's right. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. 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 So. I'm always excited about that. What it means to me as an actor is I've also done film where you throw out so many of the techniques that you've learned yeah. on stage. You just, there's you. no way to do yep. that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but if you throw all that away, then you find a totally different style of acting, and then you bring that energy back onto the stage. It's a gorgeous little toolbox is what yeah. I started – when I'm teaching, that's what I talk about is mm -hmm. what extra tools can you put in your toolbox. Yeah. And as many tools as you possibly can. If you learn one technique and only do things one way, you could be putting yourself in a very limited box. Right, which is fine if that's all you want to do. If you just want to do Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. you can, you there can, are ways to do that, right. and there are people who actually can, yeah. just you do that. You can build a whole career out of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, here's a question for you, Alan, because um, you, you've been – you've acted uh, quite a bit around the Bay Area. Do you find that <laughs> – I'm a whore. You, you can call me a whore. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's a compliment. Yes, I know. Have you, have you found that you've learned more from just acting, either in, even in bad productions, than in school? I mean, there's, there's learning that you get from school. And there's learning that you get from just experience. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it very well. I think they are different things, and I think both of them are very useful. Um, yeah. uh, you definitely learn things from good and bad production, for sure. Um, and you need both. That, uh, and that's, again, you know, the UC Berkeley thing. Like, I really wish, because they don't also don't do very many shows each year. I mean, the student put on their own stuff, but the actual program only mm. does, like, two shows a year. Hmm. Um, it, what would be great is if they sent them out into the community theater and started doing stuff there that they could yeah. apply the techniques that they're learning in class yeah. mm. to that place. I think, personally, I think it would be good. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, I've learned I think stuff that's a problem with a lot of programs oh, because yeah. of the way they focus. Yeah. Um, what I've learned is in, rather than trying to change everybody, if you can just change one, make one agency somewhere that goes, wow, this is part of what we do for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, I've uh, it, I think, I mean, again, I came out of improv, um, and I, I learned a ton of from doing so many years of that. Um, yeah. And Who were you improvising? Uh, Pan Theater in Oakland. I was wondering. Yeah, uh, okay. they just moved location. Yeah. They used to be on Broadway, but now they're on Old Town somewhere. There, I saw a sign. Maybe it was yeah. just a sign for it, but it was right the guy who the runs City it, Hall. The guy who runs it is a flyering guy, and so he, he does really good promotions. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's City Hall. Yeah, it's just kind of like 4th Street, somewhere around that mm -hmm. area. But, um yeah, they're they're an excellent improv group mm. that mm. do a lot of Meisner stuff, um, oh. but also do short form. Good combination of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy um, that more than because I've seen you do the serious stuff, like in the skin of your our teeth? You had an arc from just being a, a child, a, a petulant child yeah. at that, mm. to you know a mini Hitler. Yeah, yeah. And that arc was just a wonderful arc mm -hmm. that I could really see three different characters. Yes, yeah. and that that is improv. I mean, in an improv show, you will be called upon to play multiple roles, perhaps, yeah, um, yeah. and that was something I really enjoyed about it, was the ability to totally transform from scene to scene. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like that a lot. Do you enjoy, uh, do you do more comedy than, um, than uh, serious? Really work? split down the middle, and that's another great thing about, partly about the Bay Area, there's so much theater out there, you get to play different things. I know I've gone from, you know, like Angels in America to a doing a BACT kids show to doing like a musical the next time, you know, mm -hmm. everything changes really, really rapidly, yeah. which is great. Um, and also like all the new work that's out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. So yeah, I love the, I love the variety of it. So I don't really have a, I mean, I think I'm probably more naturally suited to comedy. 
But, you know, there's always comedy in a serious work, and there's always seriousness in a comedy. So. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Norman and I, we've been talking a lot about equity mm-hmm. and contracts mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. Have you thought about? No, not for me. Um, I, I, I really value getting to do the variety of work I do, yeah. and I, I realize that with equity, I'd have to really pick a, for me, I think, I'd have to pick a lane to be in a yeah. little more. And there's just not, I mean, Norman understands the struggle. There's, there's not a lot of equity houses out there. So Right. Well, uh, and area, even right. now online, there's been a little bit of a discussion of, so they're trying to find ways to be better to the regional, to the regions. Yeah. And uh, with time. us, that means they're trying to make sure they're finding new ways to get the word out on what jobs there are. But they only list the contracts. They won't list the BAPs. And there was something else oh, that wow. they weren't listing. And That's dumb. And yeah, and so and somebody mentioned that and said, you know, that's actually problematic yeah. because you're actually missing out on half the work that's out there. Yeah, right? yeah. literally, if not have close to half the work mm-hmm. that's out there. And yes, they don't they don't see that as work. But I'm sorry if I'm, no, I'm playing Polonius. Do what you got. If I was do. doing Polonius under a bat, that would mean. And this is um, there's a big struggle going on with playground playground SF. Oh, interesting. Uh, um, well, they do the readings union, mostly. They've been they using both, that contract. They? Well, they do the other thing, and the union, fi- the union at one point tried to like shut them down on everything, and the union finally realized, wait a minute, they're under contract on all these other things that they right. do, so let them have that. But they want them to, because yeah. what they're doing is more of a hybrid than an, a straight reading. Mm-hmm. They're like, we want you to come up on that. So they're in discussion. They're in discussion about it. Good. But a group of equity actors wrote a letter to both the producer, and the union saying, we want you guys to come back to the table and actually discuss this. Yeah. And what they pointed out is that Playground is playground is the entity that it's in. Yeah. So it's never going to evolve. It, there's no room for it to evolve into anything else. This right. is that's what, what it is. Well, that's what their focus is. That's what their yeah. mission is. So, so they're not going to be a different kind of company. Right. So pushing them into the agreement that you would have with some other company doesn't make any yeah. sense. No. Yeah, they, 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 they would kill them. them. Yeah which it has done to a number of mm-hmm. theaters mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, what we are missing out by not even being able to do it under the, certain, the present circumstances is last fall they got a whole group of non-union actors in. So where before the middle-aged black guy who could play the dad and play those kinds of roles, that would be me and somebody who came and saw the playground because it's monthly. Yeah. Somebody who saw me in that said, oh, well, yep. you're looking for a guy like that. You should call Norman G. He yep. can do that. But mm-hmm. instead, now they're going to say, well, Reg Clay was yeah. in it. Yeah. This no, time, yeah. oh, and he fits that category. Jobs, right? <coughs> Which so lowballs you, yeah. yeah. Right. So suddenly, I'm not just out of a little bit of work for a tiny little paycheck. I, I tell, We yeah, all get yeah. that. I'm out of all the work for anybody who sees that season because mm-hmm. now every time Playground is doing something, they're going to be calling yeah. Rich and not worrying about yeah. me and everybody who sees Playground. Mm-hmm. And that's not just, you know, patrons of the arts. No, no. It's that's all directors, the people writers, who hang. It's yeah, and, and the actors. I'm not in this month, but my buddy's in, so yep. I'm going to go see it. Oh, wait, you're yeah. looking for somebody? That word amount. And suddenly the union actors are all cut out of that. Yeah. They really, I mean, what they need is a more local union. The problem is the union, the union, the equity is designed to work in New York primarily and L.A. And San Francisco is just neither of those. It's sort of like half and half, I guess. But they need some, they need, uh, because the actual equity representatives are down in L.A. as far as I understand. Well, the rep is, there's a wonderful liaison uh, committee. There are a couple of committees. Mm -hmm. And they do, well, their number one job is to make sure that people are 
adhering to the rules and regulations yeah, yeah. of equity. Um, but beyond that, it's to bring the questions and concerns of the local people to them. Um, what equity has always been really clear about is it's not their job to get you a job. Sure. That's so fine. that is fine. On the other hand, that means they want to have no discussions right. with producers except right. making a contract. Right. Yeah. And we, the members, are saying we actually want to have discussions with these people mm-hmm. because we want to see if we can't find yeah. ways for them to step up. The yeah. way you're telling them to step up is telling them to leap. Mm-hmm. And we're like, could we make a step ladder yeah. here? And see, that it's it's contra- It's that's you know when I think about unions, like I think about my union at my job. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's my responsibility as a worker yeah. right. to do the best job that I can, so that you know uh, mm-hmm. the union doesn't have to come in. Oh my God, Reg, they screwed up or whatever. But the union has a responsibility. I just wonder if Equity is doing its job. If it's if it's all it's going to say is, hey, we're we're here to address any issues or whatever, but you got to find your job mm-hmm. all by yourself. And right. if you're not in New York or L.A., well, yeah. I can't help you. Right. How does that help the equity right. actor? Right. Well, that's and so what I would say is rather mm-hmm. than putting it on them, yeah. because that's sort of like putting it on the cop on the street. Yes, most of the time they're responding to you've already been robbed or you've already been mm-hmm. mugged. or That's what they're doing most of the time. It's somebody else's job to make a better society so those things don't happen. The cops can't stop poor people from being poor, mm-hmm. and poor people are going to find some way to get what they need. So you're saying the onus is really on the theater owner. Well, what it's, I wanted to bring it, it back is bring it back to you because you're local. You're yeah. somebody who came up through the local area. Um, so I would imagine you have a fairly good sense of the scene, and I don't think it's a matter of union, non-union. I think it's more a matter of us sort of finding ways to take care of each other mm-hmm. and yeah. check in with each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Like the culture at large almost. Yeah. Like valuing right. theater as a work and as a, as a thing that they want to continue and support. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, those places where you know, oh, I'm going to go see <coughs> their show because right. I enjoy them. Right. Yeah. Or I want to support these people. I might actually give them some money. Now, I have a real personal rule against giving theaters money because that's where I'm trying yeah, to no, make it's money. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough cycle. Uh, for but on the other artist, hand, sure. if they're going to give me a free ticket to come see the show, then I'm telling oh, them to yeah. come out and support them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not just some guy getting a free ticket. I'm an actor that you've worked with. I'm a director mm-hmm. that you've worked with. I'm somebody that you're considering. I'm part of the family, really. Yeah. And that's what I guess is Especially my question to you Especially as a teaching artist, if you're bringing a bunch of students to when see I it, can that's bring, valuable right. for a theater company. When I can bring almost two dozen people yeah. to come see your yeah, and thing. kids who want to be a part of it and want to see yeah. a part of it, they're going to love that. So I'm wondering yeah. if there are places where you feel like you see that in particular, that sort of building of a web or connection happening in the I mean, area theater. Yes, yes, but it's it's – it's totally disconnected from money, unfortunately, because of, yeah. the, because of the expense of living right. in the area and all that. Um, but there's some really good, you know, there's a lot of collaborative. I mean, SF Olympians is coming up. Um, yes. They're a brilliant networking for someone who's new to the area mm-hmm. or just wants to meet new people. It's a ton of directors, ton of writers, ton of actors all get together and put on right. this festival. Um, SF Fringe is a bit like that, although there's a little more separation. That's that. a l- yeah. It's, yeah. It's a little more disconnected. Um, uh, the Piano Fight as a venue is Gathering it, a bunch of it artists is together. bringing a lot of folks in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm noticing that's a new. Uh, I don't know if it's a newer thing, but companies instead of saying, "Well, let's do the traditional production," mm-hmm. let's bring in new people and new who are new writers yeah. and new singers and new whatever, and let's do this new thing, whether it be Piano Fight or the DMT. I think you had mentioned there's an organization that's presenting new plays and and new whatever. I, I in um, Oakland. No, I think. Uh, I mean, I there's a ton of them. So, Magic Theater. Well, I know, that I know Susan Evans was talking about the Town Theater wants to Town do Hall. that. Town Hall, yeah, yeah. The Town Hall wants night. to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking that may be sort of the new thing that's yeah. happening where theater yeah. companies are like, hey, 
we may not be able to, we may not have the money to get the rights for that, or mm-hmm. we've done that production, mm-hmm. and right. this is a newer way of collaborating right. and, and getting that energy. Yeah. The difficult part with that is getting the traditional theater audience in to see those. Right, right. Because uh, yeah. they, what they want to see is, for instance, I'm being arsenic and old lace at Douglas Morrison. Right, that's sure. what right. They want to see Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and that's, and that's what she talked about, trying to find a way to get that audience interested. I think one of the ways, though, is you do pick up that guy that was in arsenic and old lace, and you make sure he's in the reading. And you start putting yeah. that up yeah. on mm-hmm. your posters and in your publicity. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed how many theater companies don't mention who's in the cast of a thing. Right. It's like, that, guys, that's what people, they want to see the play and they want to mm-hmm. see your company. But mm-hmm. if they see some names that they know, they'll be there. Like, yeah. That's that's really important to me. I think for our, as we go forward with the podcast, I would mm-hmm. love to start finding ways to put the word out on those companies that do, because there are a few that do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so smart. It's not just an ego thing. Of course it's an ego thing. I want to see my face on the poster. I want my name on the poster. Well, but it's it's not even for me. I want to see see who else is... In, who I know is in those right, things. Like, right. Yeah. If I knew that, you know, yeah. Stacy Ross is the name that always comes <laughs> yeah. up for me. If I know that Stacy Ross is in yeah. something, I mean, you'll I'm way more likely yes. to consider it. <laughs> totally, know, yeah. Well, yeah. She's one of the few where they do. They mm-hmm. make sure that name gets yeah, out no, there. She's a, she's a huge name. And if it's a newer, if it's if, if it's something, yes. if it's a new thing, yeah. why not record it and, you know, at least put a little blurb on mm-hmm. on YouTube? Mm-hmm. A lot I mean, of people are doing that. Yeah, with a new thing, you can do that because of the rights are the issue. Yeah, exactly. If rights is not an issue. Right. A lot of newer works are sort of made almost with that in mind. Um, I don't know. Like I know some people who do like a lot of live streaming of new works that they've done. Uh, what was the name of the show? Gabriel Montoya did a show oh. uh, at Piano Fight. Uh, something like Do No Evil, I think was the name of it. Hmm. It was a really excellent show. Uh, Eric Reed was in it, I think. Wow. Oh, um, nice. And yeah, and he, he live streamed it. I think he did it for VR as well. It was some very big technical project. His wife is That's a cool. wizard at yeah. all sorts of things. And but, I, I mean, if we have the technology, you know, you know we use Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Mm-hmm. We usually use it for publicity purposes, but I think there's a way mm-hmm. to blend yeah. the two in. Yeah, because yeah. we're now we're in an area where you can put up a video very easily. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> Sorry, hand signals are going on. We're all like, what? <laughs> I can keep talking forever. Don't yeah. worry my mom's uh, yeah. uh, very good at talking. Ah! I, I get that from her. It's an Irish thing. It's an Irish. Thing. You mentioned Eric Reed, um, and I would have put it out for him because he, you know, he does um, his hashtags on a, a yeah, list the listening movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're talking about he's talking about making sure that there's a presence at the Chrissy Field thing, not mm-hmm. this weekend, mm-hmm. but next mm-hmm. weekend, and very much making it a point of witnessing. In fact, he's talking about spending the day if there are other events going on that he wants to spend the day going to different events Mm -hmm. um, and making that, you know, witnessing. So that, yes, I'm not trying to get in a confrontation. I'm sure not trying to get in any kind of violent thing. Mm -hmm. But to make sure that you were there just kind of going, hey, yep, Mm -hmm. we're bearing witness. Mm -hmm. So if you want us in your picture, you're going to see a little group of us just standing there quietly. Yep. Yeah, yep. and if you come at it, come at us, then that's what yeah. you'll get a picture of: is you coming at us yeah. and us going. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of good ideas as well, like uh, counter protests in alternate locations, and also right. I keep thinking of the Laramie project with the angel costumes. I think some sort of oh. protest where it's a visible, visual thing that people don't think of as threatening or mm-hmm. whatever. That, but that's startling. I had heard that one. So the Laramie project uh, is. A Real, it's a, almost a documentary theater, piece. right? Um, and I think its anniversary is coming up soon. Ooh, I wouldn't doubt. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I feel uh, like I've heard of it, but I go ahead. So it's about Matthew Shepard. He was a student at in right. Wyoming at Laramie. <coughs> uh, I guess killed because he was gay. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And savage, strung up like, on a fence. Yes, or like it's gruesome, terrible, awful, like utterly terrible way. Um, and then uh, there became a media attention on that. Mm-hmm. He also he had AIDS, right? Uh, which was another part of that. Um, well, I don't think they knew that until afterwards. Anyway, um, so but the fear was big at that time. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, ninety four. I think is the year mm-hmm. it happened. Anyway, West Barrow, West. Borough Baptist oh, Church. The Phelps. Yeah, the Phelps. That's where they kind of got their start. Was protesting at his funeral, and also just coming to town and making yeah. making a noise. Crazy. Yeah. And the response of the some of the theater students uh, was to dress up in these angel costumes mm. with giant wings and just come out and surround the hate mongers huh. and just block them out. Like just mm-hmm. just be in front of them. Uh, you know, not in engaging with them, not right. yelling at them, just standing there and sort of taking the hate in a way and right. making this barrier. In a way that people could really go, it's clear who the good guys are there. You know what right. I mean? Like right, right. They're literally dressed as angels. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, mm. I like the idea I of have doing some that wings. sort of protest. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. <laughs> yeah, and also I want the theme song to be uh, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Hey, there you uh, go. Because nothing's going to get a white supremacist angrier than a queer immigrant, uh, Asian uh, immigrant from Africa. <laughs> That's right. That was Freddie Mercury. Yeah. yeah, he was a Zoroastrian from Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. Was he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You wouldn't know that. I. I no, he hides it. Yeah. Plus, yeah. we'll get them headbanging, and they'll hate <laughs> having to go along on the yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have time for one more question? Or of course. No, Please, I wasn't trying to cut us off. I just was giving a time check. Oh, so that's what I'll do in future: is just give you a time check. <laughs> yeah. Hand, okay. Got it. I wanted to talk about gentrification. We talked a little mm. bit about the money or whatever, but um, you, um. Have have you seen a lot of change? How long have you been work acting here in the Bay Area? Well, that's a tricky question because uh, yeah, like I said, I did improv for about nine years, um, mm. and that, so I did I did like two or three plays right out of college, yeah. and then. But have you seen a lot of change? I mean, the, the way that we've seen. I mean, sure. The like the 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 place I was improvising in in, in Oakland witnessed that change because we started in that space around Near about the Paramount, right? It was right next to the Paramount. Yeah, yeah. it was around about two thousand seven, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, you know, that area has changed in just those ten years. Right. Pretty remarkable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing. I feel like um, you know, gentrification gets used as sort of a very pejorative term, right. which understandably, because people are getting displaced and moved out of neighborhoods that they've been for a while. Um, on the other hand, it's also bringing money into those areas, and mm-hmm. like yeah. God knows, they could also use that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky balance. Um, and it's tricky how the money is being used. Like absolutely. we talk about theater. It would be lovely if the money were used yeah. to finance yeah. well, the theater. Well, for know, instance, Piano Fight, yeah. uh, the short-lived competition that I was in, the $5,000 reward or reward uh, prize. Award, um, yeah. Won by, I must say, Alejandro Torres and uh, Ruben Grijalva. And their play. That was his, a full hey, steam ahead. That's stages. him. You know, I contacted oh. Ruben. He's going to be, because when I did James Cool Papa Bell, he was the director. Oh. No. I, it was a shadow ball. Oh, wow. Basically about okay. Negro League basketball. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ruben, he wants to do the show. And he knows Holla, you. Of course. Yes. No. I, I <laughs> love that play. I, that's what I was saying. When yeah, we well, it was called All the Worlds Are Stages, so it might be a different play. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, this the other like one was in, though, too, though, because I just read about it. An actor okay. was doing, it was at Piano Fight, and it was just this huh. last week or so. Oh, that um, might be for pint sides. They're oh, very it might easily be con- for pint They're sides. easily confused because okay. they both have names that are sure. similar. Um, yeah. Anyway, the $5,000 reward was from a company called Zendesk. That's a tech company in right. San Francisco <laughs> uh, that do something 
to do with IT and clouds, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so that's a tech company know. that's actually supporting theater. Right. right. It would right. be lovely if there were others that would do the same thing. Right. Maybe and they are and they aren't. I mean, yeah. you right. know, places like the big theaters are getting donations from, well, yeah. not from tech, they are. but yeah. certainly from you know, <coughs> companies in the area. Yeah, the companies that, I, I don't I doubt if they really need the money. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's all, a, it's all a, well, yeah, it's a tax write-up deal for the company. Right. Like if they can donate, then they don't have to pay as much tax. So. Sure. But it would be lovely if they could give money to theater companies that really, really do need right, it. Right, right. I mean, because something like $5,000, I mean, they they give it to the artists, which is wonderful of Piano Fight to do. But, you know, that is a – I mean, it's it's a significant amount for, for a company, a tech yeah. company in the area. It's something like they would they would spend that on something silly anyway. Right, right. On, a, um, on a dinner. Right. right. You know, but right. a company, a smaller company in the area, that would be yeah. huge for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, don't give it to the Orpheum. Don't give it to ACT or – Right. Well, ABC. I mean, yeah. a, well, right. AZT does obviously. The thing is, like, you also want the Lort. The Lort theaters also rely on donations from big companies. Mm-hmm. They're much bigger donations, mm-hmm. but you know, ticket sales aren't keeping Berkeley Rep or ACT afloat. Right. Like, that's right. that's not how it works in the right. theater, unfortunately, because right. America is not. Great well, and that. to be fair to them, the Strand, all the stuff that's going on at the mm-hmm. Strand, mm-hmm. is under the auspices of ACT. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, if local local tech companies threw a little uh, money here and there. That would be wonderful. And, and I'm sure they do. I mean, I know I, Google does yeah, some work do. with yeah. theater folks. Are you feeling, are you yourself feeling the tensions of gentrification? I mean, just as an actor, I mean, I don't know if you have a day job. I don't. That's all I do. But, yeah. um, uh, no, uh, I don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I may be part of it, I suppose. Um, hmm. You know, I moved into a, a area of northern Oakland in 2009. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, before that, I was renting in Berkeley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're doing okay. I mean, it's not like you're really, really struggling. I mean, I have friends of mine, acting friends, who have had to yeah. move. One moved to Seattle because, you know. Wow. Just I'm sure gentrification's chasing them up there, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although Seattle's got a great theater scene. Uh, yeah. That's what I hear, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I, w- I was wondering about just you know, the displacement, you know, other people are affected greater than others, what mm-hmm. have you. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself uh, in the future? Do you, will you stay here? I mean, are you comfortable uh, acting while you have any friends say, hey, you got to go to L.A., go to New I York? I keep getting told to go to New York. <laughs> I, that's not happening. I'm not a New York person. But um, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I sort of live life fairly well to own. I don't have plans to get out. I do love the area. It's very hard to, mm-hmm. I don't know, hard to imagine in some ways, living other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't have, I have a good answer to that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Well, a, I mean, you're all here, too, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah, that's right, from from across, you know, yeah. you from the Midwest. Well, and, and I would say coast. with this um, the current energy in theater, there is a lot of collaboration and creativity. Um, so, you know, yeah. hopefully that will continue to to. Allow some people to really thrive and mm-hmm. everybody else just keep them busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it feels like the options in the United States for theater are New York is the big one for theater. Right. Uh, L.A. if you want to do some film. Chicago. Uh, it's a lot of people a big theater about. scene. It does, but I don't know that it's a bigger scene than here, honestly. Right. I really don't. I like, agree. I'm not I sure. I mean, it's got a, Steppenwolf is a huge company and it's mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the Bay Area. Right. Yeah. I've heard about sure. Austin. I mean, I have some friends who moved to Austin, Texas. Don't go to Texas. I haven't heard about theater. <laughs> don't go no, to no, Texas. no, 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 no. I will never go. <laughs> I know Texas Austin's great country, and all, yeah. but holy crap, Texas is falling apart. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, but I mean, I, I've heard from, you know, company. Like, I, there's a friend of mine who went to, uh, I think, Connecticut. 
and started up a theater company. So mm-hmm. there are little pockets of places, but yeah. you're absolutely right. I think San Francisco's the place to be. And it, you know, anywhere is going to be a struggle. Uh, any anywhere, yeah, it's it's that balance. Anywhere you want to live is going to be expensive. Like that's yeah. how it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny, you and I. I'm looking at uh, Theater Bay Area, their mm-hmm. website. We were talking about uh, color conscious casting. That was right. something that, as a matter of fact, we brought it up with Dale Albright. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there was a colla- uh, there was. I don't, know, I don't know what happened, karma or what, what have you. It may be to do, it's probably not, but uh, they did just have the um, Woodminster thing. Woodminster cast a, right. a black actor as Bloody Mary in South Pacific, and there was yeah. a lot of pushback from... Oh, the, interesting. Did yeah. you hear about that, Norman? I did hear about mm-hmm. it, and I, you know, I... I love the term yellow face, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and well, I, I, mean, I agree that it totally was. Right. It was like, oh, we can just put anybody in yeah. this. Oh, well, they're, they're all color, so they're all interchangeable, and that's... Yeah. that's that's and an offensive viewpoint. And that letter was sent to Woodminster, and I don't yeah. know what their response was. But uh, They had a fairly interesting one um, on Facebook, uh, the, what the woman who runs it. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, I mean, it's tricky because they, are, they do try to be inclusive. They do try to be diverse. They've made right. a good effort on those fronts. Right. But if you're an Asian actor, I, I would be pissed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, there aren't that many roles out there. And, then well, and I, I hate the term colorblind, number yeah, one. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And number two. Do it intentionally. If you can't cast, if you don't know that the talent is there to cast <coughs> the specifics of a show, yeah. please do some other show. Also, please. Unless you have a reason right. for trying some right. different casting. Mm-hmm. And then you should be willing to talk to yeah. the people who yeah. control the rights. And the talent is there. Like, the Bay Area yeah. scene has so much talent. And it's yeah. It's, uh, that's why it's annoying that the big companies cast out of New York. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Right. Uh, you, no one wants to talk about affirmative action. I mean, like, I remember when I went to school, college. There was a talk, well, did you really deserve to get there? Oh, yeah. Right. Or whether right. a quota or what have you. And right. no one wants to. I don't think a theater will actively just cast someone just to fill in a quota or whatever. I mean, you have to have the talent. Yeah, but, I mean, it's so subjective, too. Like, uh, people like different things in theater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. different people will see the same show, and some will think it's the best show they've ever seen, and some will think it's terrible. And that's just how theater is. Because it isn't dealing in quantifiable, like, mm-hmm. numbers... So well, I mean, I would love to walk into um, the the idealism in me would love to walk to an audition, do a monologue, and have a producer say, "Wow, I was thinking about that other person mm-hmm. for the role, but Red Clay just totally <laughs> changed my mind." Well, right. hopefully like, that does happen, but at the same time, time I'm sure it has. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a play that was set in communist China. Mm-hmm. The majority of the cast was Filipino. They knew that they were Filipino, oh, and weird. they knew that it was weird for them to be in the role. Right. But yeah. when the writer was asked, the writer said, well, no, it's you're Asians. It's, oh, it's good. No. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, and that may be true for most audiences because it's the term we use in America, Asian-American. Yeah. But if you know what Japanese looks like, if you know what Korean looks like, I'm if sure you if know what Filipino, you would be totally offended. You would not be watching that play going, oh, this is a great play about communist China. You'd be going, why the hell is that Filipino up there on stage? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So that to me is sloppy casting. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a weird, that's a, that's an expri- that ex- explicit example is pretty weird. Yeah, that would be a, a, the wrong way of doing it. But let's say someone just knocks you out. I mean, you know, we had Ronica Rao on, and mm-hmm. she talked about being, um, I think, either Rose Cancer Gilbertson. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. We shared the stage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, oh, the grave digger. Of our teeth. Yeah. And yeah, she was a grave digger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they saw something in her. And they were like, hey, okay, we're going to give you this role. Mm-hmm. Radhika is a brilliant comic, right. comic actor. So yeah, yeah, yeah. play any of those roles. So, but I also see if there's a role that is specifically for, I mean, let's say fences. We're doing fences. Sure. You know, <laughs> right. That should not be, I don't know. Well, that was the counterexample they used. They're like, we wouldn't cast an Asian person in fences, so what are you doing <laughs> casting a black person as Bloody Mary? Right. Um, right. Yeah. 
So there's a right and wrong way of, of right. doing it. But I thought it was interesting that TVA would have the article. And that's another great reason for new work <coughs> to mm-hmm. be put forward, because the problem with classics, I mean, so right. you go far back, the, yes. back enough in time, Moliere, Shakespeare, right. nowadays you can kind of cast, you want to do some intentionality behind it, but people don't react to it. They don't right. They don't see it at that point. They're like, right. oh, it's Shakespeare, it's weird, so I just accept everything that's going on. Right. Um, which is great. Uh, it allows you a lot more freedom in casting. Uh, but then, you know, there's a whole swath of, you know, the 50s plays, Arthur Millick. Right. The Crucible is going to be hard to do with a multiracial cat. I mean, there's right. one black role. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's kind of a weird one. Like, I don't know. And if you put anybody else black in that play, well, it would call attention interestingly, to Interestingly, uh, Stuart Bausel directed it at um, uh, Custom Made, and he had one other black actor in it, Charles Lewis the third, mm-hmm. playing a sort of minor character. Um, and it... It didn't. It didn't bother too much because it was such a minor character. But unfortunately, it was a minor character. He couldn't play Judge Hawthorne right. Haw- Haw- in that production. Right. You could probably do a version of the Crucible with a black cast. But what you'd really want to do is just write your own play right, exactly. with the same theme because it's a pretty pretty universal theme, and mm-hmm. then do it that way would be the more ideal way. Now that's yeah. a lot of effort. Well, and t- so to me, that means doing something like what you're suggesting, and then do a good job of marketing so that you put out yeah. to that audience that is interested in the Crucible. That this play is mm-hmm. inspired by, mm-hmm. referenced off mm-hmm. of, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, there's, uh, I bet there are similar sort of situations. I mean, witch trials are right. pretty universal. You could send yeah. it in all sorts of places. So. Sure. And I think, you know, the whole need of doing the classics. I mean, Richard Harder was here before, and he talked about, yeah, you, there are companies that don't want to take risks in doing new stuff. Yeah. Because right. And that's understandable. It's a money right. thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, cr- it creates a problem where... Oh my God! Do we cast someone for Othello? I mean, in Othello, Shakespeare talks about the swarthiness mm-hmm. of his right. color mm-hmm. of his skin and all of right. that stuff. Yeah, and although that's complicated in all sorts of ways. Right, yeah. exactly. So it makes it difficult to do the classics. And though I have to say, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, this has been done a few times. So, for instance, Patrick Stewart did a version where he played Othello, and the rest of the cast was black, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is an interesting reversal. That when I was in college, uh, we did Othello during the summer, and based on who showed up, we ended up with. Uh, white male Othello, like this big Nordic mountain man of a guy, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. black female Iago, mm-hmm. who was uh, this wonderful actor, uh, Kenny. Oh, I can't remember her name right now. Her first name was Kenny, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and she was incredible as Iago. And let's face it, in Othello, you kind of want to play Iago. He's kind of a right. badass yeah. character. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So you know, it, Shakespeare is one, the one that you can do more of that kind of thing with because people are usually more familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though it's a key part of the story, it's right. so removed in time and place, like it's Venice in the mm-hmm. 13th well century sure. or whatever it is. Right. Like, right. Um, I guess the play didn't have. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can do some interesting stuff with it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, and, and it's good that we're having this discussion about, you know, just colorblindness or whatever. I remember um, Radhika, when she was on, she was talking about how, Yes, she was. She was. You know, she was thankful for having the role of the grave digger. Yeah. You know, um, but in other times, it's been difficult getting people to see yeah. beyond right. the, the race. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Do I need a Middle Eastern woman? Where do I fit? You know, mm-hmm. instead of right. seeing the actress. Herself. Right. Right. Yeah. Because are you talking Middle Eastern woman? Or are you talking somebody like you that? Although Radek is not is Middle so Eastern. <laughs> well, <laughs> Indian. Yeah. Indian. Yeah. But my point being, you know, you sound like me. You sound like somebody in the Bay Area. So. I'm not going to worry oh, about your, ethni- <laughs> <laughs> your ethnicity. Yeah, it's got to be a factor in it, but what is that factor? If you can hear me and think, well, yeah, you could be a guy. You could be the doctor in mm-hmm. some show because mm-hmm. you sound like you could sound like and present yourself as that. 
I believe yeah, he was a doctor for sure. Um, another interesting, uh, uh, speaking of, I mean, it's, uh, I wouldn't exactly call it colorblind. I'm doing Angel Street at Role Players Ensemble in Danville in October. Mm. And we have Dorian Lockett. Do you guys know Dorian? Yes. He's playing the inspector, Inspector Ruff. Which is Dorian Lockett, I met through Piano Fight, and yeah, oh my gosh. He's a wonderful actor. Anyway, yeah. you know, it, it's a play that's set in 1880 uh -huh. uh, in Victorian London. Mm -hmm. um, I'm playing sort of the evil baddie guy who was originally played by Vincent Price. Oh. Uh, Adrian Dean is playing uh, Mrs. Manning and my wife, uh, and Dorian Lockett is playing the inspector. Now, mm -hmm. in 1880, London probably don't have a black inspector of police, <laughs> probably, probably, but it's not, not right. totally impossible. Right. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, I, it, so Dorian, I don't think we'll be doing an English accent. I think we'll be doing his accent, which is fairly okay. kind of American from yeah. what I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, it, that mm -hmm. character would have a really cool backstory that won't necessarily show up in the text. Right. But if you think about what, how a black American could have come from the United States in 1880 to London to become an inspector of police, like that's, mm -hmm. I don't know, that's fun. So the first time I saw Banya, mm -hmm. uh, ACT production, mm -hmm. and it was, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, can't think of it right now. Um, Willard is what's coming to mind. It's not it. Um, anyway, black actor. Mm -hmm. Dancing across the stage is the doctor. And the role that he plays in the story, where he is in that hierarchy, and the way he's treated because of it, having a black man play that was just perfect. Mm -hmm. Wendell yeah. Pierce. Yeah. Um, and, oh, my God, I just sat there going, oh, my gosh. I can now not just do Shakespeare. I can now yep. open up a whole bunch of classics mm -hmm. because then again, do your history, mm -hmm. know what is know where these regions are and what their ethnic makeup is at any particular time, and mm -hmm. you start going, oh, well, so yeah. there were some black people there yeah. then, mm -hmm. and he might be in that community, and he might be treated as less than the lords mm -hmm. and the you know the gentry. But still respected as a man of, of education and, and a good neighbor. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, almost especially so. Um, it still, you know, it still has to be done so with intentionality. Yeah. You know what you're doing, and you know, it'd be interesting, for instance, to do Angel Street. So in it, it's a sort of abusive husband mm -hmm. who's terrorizing his wife. Now, if you cast the husband as a black man and the wife as a white woman, that might put a different spin on it. You know what right. I mean? Mm -hmm. It might be just as interesting, but you'd, you'd it might be. Uh, yeah, but yeah. but. Now you're talking to an American audience where right. that dynamic right. would have that man dead. Right. Or, you <laughs> know, it would trigger time. something different yeah. in people's right. reactions. You yeah. know, I was thinking about uh, Susan Evans directed me in uh, a Stravinsky piece, um, Playing with Fire. Mm -hmm. And it just it just occurred to me how interesting it must have been for the audience, for me being a black person, having a white wife and also messing around. It was a, tri it was a triangle relationship between the, mm -hmm. my wife has a lover. Right. A man. Huh. And I want the lover too. <laughs> oh, interesting! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so very like a bisexual uh, guy, sure. or whatever. And yeah. It's sort of like this, whatever. And it must have been. I hadn't even thought about it when doing it because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on stage. I'm just doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it must have been very interesting for the audience. And also, it's it's one thing, something that we've talked about early in, in another podcast. How, as an actor, it's important for you to be as flexible as possible, mm -hmm. so you can play as many. Oh yeah. You know, if you. Not to say you have to strip away, let's say, if you have a dialect or if you talk slang or whatever, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. no one's going to see you in anything else other than a one particular yep. role yep. if you're not flexible or if you're not open right. in your ability Although right. I have to, to play. Theater companies kind of do that anyway. It's sort of amusing where I see this because I've worked at a number of companies. Yeah. I'll get cast as something. The first thing I get cast in kind of determines how they see me from then on out. Like, oh, oh yeah. within, within a particular company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, within a particular that company, makes absolutely. Sense. But, like, you know, it's kind of funny where it's like, 
oh, you want me to come audition for that role? It's because I did that. I get it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a producer say that to me. She's like, you mostly do comic stuff. Oh, <laughs> like, no. oh And I oh. thought, <laughs> well, it was just weird because I don't even think of myself as a comic right, actor. Right. Yeah. I love comedy, but yeah, the yeah. same way I was talking about structure before. Sure. It's because you understand the structure or, thankfully, you have a director who understands the structure and it can help keep you on track. Mm -hmm. And then when the audience is loving it, you're like, wow, my instinct was not to hit that line this way, but I'm doing it because I was told to do it and it makes sense. And the response is better than I would have ever gotten yeah, on my own. it's funny how that works. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, it, but it touches into an interesting thing. Like, as an actor, I'm re if, if someone has a first, first impression of me, that's on me. Right. If mm -hmm. it's good, that's fantastic. If it's bad then I've got to work on that. Of course, right. someone can see me however they want to see me. And I have to say it's not 100% on you either. The, the, the problem with subjectivity in theater is people will have different ideas about roles, and if you don't give them what you want, uh, uh, they might think differently. Also, even just environmental pressures. I had an audition. It was for Angel Street, actually. The first, when we came to the audition, the air conditioning in the theater wasn't working. Mm. And it was tough for us as actors, but it was way tougher on the poor people doing Sitting the there all day. Yeah, around. the director yeah. and so on. Oh. And, you know, that's got to affect your... Right, you know, your understanding of what's happening, like you right. can't help that. Yeah, so. but I, I guess that what I'm talking about is if let's say if I let's say bring in a piece, let's say I want to be looked upon as a serious actor, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. but let's say I'm for whatever reason I don't know I bring on a piece that's not that, or or let's say um, I'm too physical in let's say a role that someone else saw me in, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden oh yeah, Reg is the physical actor, you know, right. he can do pratfalls or whatever, or yeah. he'd be good in comedy or mm -hmm. something like that. If I get pissed off by that, that's on me. Yeah, I've yeah. Got to, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, no, you roll with the punches. For exactly. Sure. i got to roll with punches, but also get me a monologue and say, you know, hey, mm -hmm. I know you've seen me before, but I have a new monologue I want to show you. Right. So I want to do the audition <laughs> and let's say, you know, re reboot. It's <laughs> that know, side of managing the career that nobody teaches you about, yep. but it's absolutely necessary. Yep. Terrible confession, which is that I have basically one monologue. I mean, I've got a Shakespeare classical monologue as well, but I've got essentially one monologue that I use for everything, mm -hmm. and I just change how I do it, not even the words of it. That's interesting. Just how I do it for because it's got it's got a lot of elements of comedy in yeah. it, but it can also be done pretty seriously, mm -hmm. yeah. and that's so much fun for me. It's just coming in with that's like, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Norma, what is your how many repertoires do you have, and how many monologues do you have? I in your stopped counting. <laughs> I stopped <laughs> counting at this point because I'll do something like I did. Um, I did Love's Labor's Lost. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, that was over a decade ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And That's I was getting ready for a Shakespeare audition. I went, well, I wanted something to contrast with something else that I was doing. And I went, well, I was flipping through old scripts and I went, oh, Love's, I, I probably know something. There's probably something in Love's Labor's Lost. And mm -hmm. I started working on it and I fell in love with it all over again. And yeah, the words fell back into my mouth and mm -hmm. into my brain That's very quickly. <laughs> but. I also have a totally different energy than I had then. Yeah. And I have a way different understanding of life yep. than I did then. Yep. So I'm bringing completely different stuff to it. I have a level of confidence that I did mm -hmm. not have then. And I'm like, and the character's confident. He's incredibly confident. He's one of those, mm -hmm. he's one of those arrogant assholes in Shakespeare. He's one of the comic <laughs> arrogant love assholes. Lost has a, yeah. That's everyone in Love Labor Lost. Yeah. yeah. And so it was so fun to start to play with this again and go, wow. I could just pull this up, and then I needed something to contrast with it that mm -hmm. was serious. Yeah. And I looked back at something that I actually learned in a studio class in college <coughs> and went, holy cow, nobody does this. It's, yeah. um, it's Marlowe. Nobody touches it. Mm -hmm. Tamburlaine. Oh, Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which one from Tamburlaine? Um, I think it's Tamburlaine 2. It's um, Urkanes. Um, he's the 
I think uh, he's Muslim. He's, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yes, he's yeah. Muslim, and he's just been um, betrayed by the other folks that were supposed to help him fight Tamerlane. Okay. And so it's this gorgeous yeah, okay, speech where he's going, I can't believe they've done this. Yeah, the damn Christians yeah, screwed yeah, me. Good. And so I'm like, I pulled that up, and I started working on it. Now, it takes me a couple of weeks with something like that, but that's all it takes me. And the weirdest thing was, how do I memorize? Well, with something like that, I'm not taking it from scratch. So how I'm memorizing it really for something like that is me just doing all kinds of analysis. I'm looking at mm. the scansion. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure I understand the words. How does the sentence structure work within the verse? All those sorts of ideas. And as those ideas become clearer to me, I suddenly find that the language just yeah. drops into it helps. place. It, verse is always easier for me to memorize as well. I don't yeah. know. It's, you get a rhythm to it, and it, it, it fits in your head. It, it, was so, it was so fun to bring that to life again and go, whoa. Yeah. So I don't know how many yeah. I've got. Yeah. With me, it's more the modern ones where I'm going – um, what do I want? Like, I'm actually looking at a British piece right now because I'm hoping I'm going to get called back for a British piece. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, wow. Oh, I you have a British accent? And I've got to have get got to. to. You get to. You don't have to. You get to. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's great because it really I loved my, I think it was an act, a voice two class where we actually worked on dialect. And, and how, you know, and the phonetic alphabet and all that. Mm -hmm. And that. then I took a speech pathology class. Mm. So I learned it from two different directions. And what was great was I'm going into the theater class and I'm working on all kinds of things. And I'm like, wow, I can just pop this in. And then I get out in the world and, boy, a black guy with a British accent. Mm, mm, there you go. Everybody Andrew looks at you like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> they used to <laughs> look Michael at you French. that way. You guys know Michael French? No. Right. He's a, he's a director in the area. He's a yeah. London uh, director He's exactly amazing so. no I, I got to work with him earlier this year oh, mm -hmm. so um so now it's more acceptable and now it's easier now i can go okay i can take my learning from mm -hmm. school and apply it in mm -hmm. a way that i couldn't have a decade mm -hmm. ago yeah i have a similar story it's uh i stage managed king arthur this was back in new york wonderful and there have been a bunch of king arthur uh, uh plays yeah mm -hmm. one is by matter of fact the last name is coin uh, oh yeah, coin, coin, That's coin. my grandfather. No, yeah, <laughs> but it's just wonderfully well written. But of course, back then I was maybe 21 years old, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Oh, there's no way in hell." Mm -hmm. But there was another actor who was doing it. I cannot kill thee. Some sudden palsy doth beat down this hand. Its strength is gone. It was really, really just gorgeous. And now, right, I, I use it <laughs> because I've you know I'm older now. Right. Sure, I can I can be King Arthur. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, yeah. So. So I go ahead, and that's a part of the repertoire. But it's one of those things where the monologues that you—it's just silly to use when you're 20 or old. Right. You just come yeah. out of school. Yeah. But now you can mm -hmm. definitely use it. Right. Well, when you're not our age yet, but you know you. And I'm and I'm mourning and I'm mourning the. Um, there was a gorgeous teenage monologue that I did for well into my oh, 20s. Oh yeah, yeah. And I loved it, and I pulled that up as I was doing all this looking, and I went. <gasps> This is so great. I'm going to have to give it to my students. <laughs> yep. I can't. That's right. I can't. This Romeo yeah, model is going to sound creepy coming from me at this point. Yeah. yeah, a couple of models you just got to throw. through yonder window breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although it was funny, I tell the story when I did 110 in the Shade because, of course, we did the Rainmaker when we were at uh, in high school. And I knew the monologue, and all of a sudden I do the auditions for 110 in the Shade. It's like, okay, we're going to give you a cold read, Reg. And I'm like, oh, my God. I I've That's <laughs> the best ever. I, I, I just threw that That's paper away so and just boom, fun, nailed yeah. it. Yeah. So th and that hardly ever happens. The, when I did uh, Vallejo Shakes, <laughs> when I did Much Ado, I'd done Much Ado, or not Much Ado, Midsummer. When I did Midsummer, um, I'd done Demetrius, you know, right out of college, 15 uh -huh. years earlier. Mm -hmm. 
And so I came to the callback, and right. it was the Demetrius scene with Helen, which is my, one of my favorite scenes in right. Shakespeare, the, you know, the spaniel scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was off book yeah. for it, like, right away, and it made that callback so much easier. Yeah, yeah. Just just knock it right out. Speaking of fun auditions and, and changing your uh, your your game up with them, um, sure. SF Olympians is having their auditions coming up on the 27th and 28th, the Sunday and the Monday mm-hmm. of that last week in August. Um, Yay. I have a piece That's written. A I wrote a piece for it, so come awesome. on. Ah. But the way they run their auditions, mm-hmm. first of all, it's you should everyone should audition for it because it's a room full of directors, actors, and writers, mm-hmm. um, and they all get to see you. They give you your monologue right before you go to do it. Mm-hmm. They give you a little piece of paper with a monologue on it. You have about five minutes with it just to look it over. Mm-hmm. You come in, you do it however you want, and then people give you, like, direction. And it's totally based on what they need, not want right. – no, not, yeah. nothing to do with the monologue. Nothing. Right. So they'll have you do it with an accent. They'll have you do it as a character. They'll have you do it with some intention. Um and it's so much fun. I yeah, mean. We'll, we'll do a plug for it. I want to just before we get into our shout-outs. Mm-hmm. So we had the uh, the call, <laughs> the, not callbacks, but the auditions for uh, the musical cafe. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention any names. There was some wonderful, wonderful talent. Everyone was wonderful. And you talented. got a cast. Yes, that's right. I'm fully cast, so I'm ready to roll. And uh, you know, I'm so 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 excited. Um, and we'll be plugging the musical cafe. You know, Good. as the Good. podcast goes yeah. on. But. It's very curious because I, I I've always thought that, and we had some folks who had just come out of school. You know, we had there were some resumes that looked, you know, just formatting, mm-hmm. mm. kind of weird. There were some folks who didn't have their headshots uh-huh. with them, um, and yeah, I guess it happens, but it, it does, makes it very yeah. very difficult. Um, I, I just I do n- wish naively thought that um, ev- that everyone knew the, the standard way of. of oh, it's of all over. But well, yeah. I mean, for one thing, like resumes. I mean, there's kind of a standard format, but it's fairly up to interpretation. Like yeah. Everyone has a bit of a different one. Um, I do wish that more companies were um, going electronic with that. I know, like, I think Shock oh, Players is all electronic. Very cool. um, but because uh, that's the best way to do it. Right. Yeah. Right, instead of hassling with a piece of paper. Because there are any number of times where I have a printer. Yeah. Any number of times where I've walked out the door and my resume is on the printer. It's yeah. just sitting there. But right. the other, and the other thing is they usually have you send it. Like, like when you email right. them for the audition, yeah. they've got that. So And, and I understand right. the right. the practicality of having a your resume all thing. the time. Right. And that, yes. right. So how many times are you going to go to a printer and print out, I don't know, five, right. six, or seven? Right. Or ten also, resumes. I've been on the other side of things, and yeah. I know what happens to those resumes. <laughs> like right, yeah. They get put in a room or a filing cabinet somewhere and never seen again never, if, yeah. if they don't get thrown out. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, and if there's no picture behind it, it really will be thrown out. Yes. Right, uh, the, because know, there's no way to know five, who that six, is. Five yeah, hours yeah, after sure. you've done totally. a full. Totally. Right. But it was interesting being on the other end yeah. of the, you know. Everyone should do it. Every yeah. actor should be on that other side just to, so that, first of all, it helps you not take anything personally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it helps you know what works and what doesn't work. It helps mm-hmm. you know that really your monologue could be 15 seconds long because people have usually decided right. by then. Yeah. Like, there's so much you can learn from it. And even the cold reads. I mean, there was one person who did a cold read and she was just stumbling over some, you know, some basic words or what have you. And, of course, another person who just knocked it out cold. So yeah. it is interesting seeing, you know, the different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we talked about this, you know, just having good, good vocabulary and stuff like that. Shout-outs. Uh, well, I want to do a report back on uh, Titus Andronicus, which All right. was One bizarre as it should the be. The because bloodiest of the Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it was uh, Vallejo Shakes, mm-hmm. and um, I – love to take credit for the fact that they come to Oakland. I have, have oh. a space in Peralta. Uh-huh. The, the Peralta Hacienda Historical House um, yeah. has a beautiful little yard. Mm-hmm. And 
I I'm the one that said, "Hey, you guys should have the Vallejo there." And I oh, talked to Dahlia okay. and said, "Hey, you should come here." Thanks for that. So that is a wonderful yeah. little connection now. Yeah. They've got one more weekend. I think they're back in Vallejo yeah, this weekend. Uh, what's it called? Um, Ham's Amphitheater, I think. Ham's Park. Oh, that. That, yeah. Um, it's in Vallejo. It's, it's, that's a really great space too. It's it's uh, much shadier, which is yeah. Nice. I I like. Um, so that you know that was it was fun to see. It was exciting. Um, I feel like. I make an effort. There's just too much theater going on. I can't do it all. I can't pay attention to it all. I figure as long as I get to see two shows a month, I'm good. That's good. So I'm, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm up on my two shows. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and, and personally, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned it last week because I think I found out last week. Um, we're adding an extra week to Hamlet, so we're awesome. actually going to get an extra week of rehearsal. And I don't think we'll get an extra week of performance because uh, we close, I think, the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah that up. So, I mean, if they want to try and do it, I'm, I'll be here. I'll be happy to. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, just hearing that we're going to get an extra week, it's a weird thing because as an equity actor, so much is That's more structured. Money you, right? yeah. Well, it's more money, which, you know, that part is nice, is wonderful. But more importantly to me, as an equity actor – People are restricted from asking for extra bits mm-hmm. of your time, right. and I'm realizing that on a on an artistic and a personal level, I want with a big script like that where I'm going to be playing multiple roles. I actually want as much time as I can get on it. So I'm actually going to put it out to them that I would love to, if the director, as he's making cuts, wants to have a discussion about that. I'm reading the script now. I'd be happy to sit down and talk with him about it. I'd be happy to get that extra time. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've never thought about before, to approach a director and go, hey, I have more do you have time? Mm-hmm. You know, we can just sit and have a cup of coffee yeah. and, and talk William's about this. William's just such a – he's directing, I presume. Hmm? Is William Brown directing? William is not directing. Oh. Um, I'm not sure of the guy's name. He was just in a show at the Pear. Uh, I almost want to say Henry. Um, mm-hmm. And he's from out of town, I think. But he was mm-hmm. doing a show at the Pear, and then he's directing. Oh, cool! This and uh, I'm like, when's that show? The show will open November 9th, and we run through I think the 19th, mm-hmm. something like oh, that. Oh, that's pretty short. Uh, it's in San yeah. Francisco, right? It'll be in San Francisco three weekends, mm-hmm. just three shows a weekend. We're not doing Thursdays, which I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of places. Yeah, you and I are going to be on <coughs> simultaneous shows, um, in running at the same time. Hey, hey. Civil Christmas. Oh, yeah, we'll Town Hall. The Town Hall Theater, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have to go. I'll definitely come see that. Hopefully they make opening. I'll see. When does yeah. it open? It must be late November. November. Later November. Yours, your show, Norman, opens earlier than mine. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah. and um, I will put out a shout for Ubuntu. Um, Rashomon, yeah. I think, opens this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, cool. and I'm very happy about it. Um, Philip Kongatanda uh, did the adaptation. It's a new adaptation. And I don't know who all is in it, but OG is in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a post so about it. Um, Ubuntu's great. Yeah. Cool yeah. yeah. Yeah, Civil War Christmas opens November the 30th. So it really is December. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I can see your show, Norman. Yeah. And I think you And I'll be able to see yours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love the town hall stuff. Uh, last year, their Christmas show was the uh, the best Christmas pageant ever. Right. Um, do you see it? I didn't. I think oh. they might be doing it again or something. No, they're doing the Civil War one. Oh, time. the Civil War Somewhere one. I saw something. There is something. There it. is a name that's similar somewhere around. Yeah. But uh, I thought it, so. It's a show with a bunch of kids in it. It's basically a, a kids' show. I mean, mm-hmm. a, and you know, usually I'm like, oh, okay, and it was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Yanero was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of these group of like these gaggle of old ladies that just wandered sort of chaotically through the thing. Oh, it was wonderful. So. Oh, fantastic. 
So uh, what do you have, Alan? What do you, uh, oh, uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, so I'm in Arsenic and Old Lace right now. We're about to start Tech Weekend this weekend, and then we'll open this coming, I think we have a preview on Thursday and official opening Friday, so it's August mm -hmm. 24th, and then we run through, I wrote it down here, what September 17th. What's the company? Oh, nice. So we can It's Douglas Morrison Theater. Oh, the DMT. Rock, yeah. Rock, yeah. Rock yeah, yeah, your stomping ground. Yeah. Um, they grabbed you, and they don't want to let you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it was Dale. Uh, Dale Albright's directing it, so that'll be awesome. Fun. Nice. Awesome. He played my father. That, that's right. <laughs> and, and, uh, um, Skin of our team. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, then SF Olympians, I mentioned the auditions. Uh, people should come check those out. Uh, my It runs in October. Um, my show is on October 5th. That's a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then it runs all the weeks around that, so about two or three weeks yeah. around October. Do you enjoy writing? Is it so, is uh, a, could be a new venue for you? <laughs> I want to. Um, mm. I do sometimes. I really enjoy seeing it. I really enjoy when it's gone its feet and it's no longer my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Although the short-lived piece I did, I ended up having to be in, but still mm -hmm. um, getting to be in. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's hard. It's so hard. But it's really rewarding. So, mm -hmm. you know, I guess yeah, those two awesome. things go together. Cool. You'll know as your musical cafe group. Well, yeah, and it'll be nice to see that uh, up, up and opening. Mm -hmm. I just hope that the rehearsals go really well and that the actors really enjoy the yeah. piece and, mm -hmm. and all that I'm stuff. I'm sure they will from the sounds of it. It sounds, sounds fun. Yeah, 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 it is fun. Uh, well, musical cafe, just in general, let me get up closer to the mic, uh, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is, is just a wonderful uh, venue. For, uh, for doing it. I'm glad that we'll be in the piano yeah, fight. Yeah. I don't have a lot of shout-outs. I've been really, really busy with... Uh, I can do more of mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you, if yeah, you have uh, more... If you've got more... Angel go Street. Angel Street's coming up at the end of October, beginning of November, at Role Players Ensemble at, in, in Danville. That's what I was talking about mm -hmm. with Dorian in it. And, cool. Uh, and then after that, I'm doing a BACT show. I'm doing Elephant and Piggy. We are in a play. Busy, 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 busy. Yep. Mm -hmm. you got to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wanted to give just a little... Uh, I, I've... You know, we talked about this off mic where uh, just the podcast wise, if you're used to being on Facebook and just clicking on the picture, clicking on the picture and, you know, viewing uh, it and you're like, oh, my God, you know, th it's it's not happening anymore. I'm having some issues with SoundCloud. It's not they're not doing what they should be doing. Uh, the clicking, link isn't yeah, working. The link, the link just isn't working. It's so. not you. It's them. Right. Exactly. And mm. then there's an issue with with um, iTunes where iTunes, uh, of course, they're more into streaming. That's, you know, they're into the music rather than the podcast. Yeah. They offer podcasting, but when it comes to the the services and um, upkeeping things, like updating our picture, so it's not our old <laughs> picture, it's our actual icon, we've run into issues with that. So bear with us. So when, we, when I post things on Facebook, um, it may look strange, but you can still access the A uh, just as normally. Mm-hmm. So, here's my usual blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. If you click on iTunes, let's say if you have a laptop or a desktop, um, click on Store, uh, use the search engine on the upper left-hand corner, and just type in the Yay or Reg Clay or Norman mm -hmm. G, and you'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, and we'll take take it from there. <laughs> we got to find a better sign-off. Sign <laughs> and we that's sing it. the song that was at the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and hey, I, and also, as an addendum, no one wants to take my money. You know, no one. Oh, I, so I far. Oh, so really? Far. I, I put out a thing where yeah, the, if people can they guess. Identify, maybe they just can't yeah, find it. It's the late 70s. I guess I should. I think don't give them clues. Yeah, I don't no think clues. Clues. Not $100. Not, I, yeah. if, go, I if people are saying something about it, then you can give clues. But if nobody's even saying well, anything. Well, plus I'm going to go do it now. I can use yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 
If you can find it, then, you know, tell me what it is. Hit me up on Facebook, and you've got some money. Put it up. All right. And we got a better find something. <laughs> and that's it. We are out. <laughs>